Here we go. West Hills Friends is a Quaker meeting in Portland, Oregon. You can find more information about our community at westhillsfriends.org. As a Quaker community, we encourage everyone to share from their hearts, especially as it pertains to God's leading in their lives. These words are shared into a community that values the opportunity to respond and dialogue about what is said. The responses and dialogue are not included in this recording. The views expressed in this content are solely those of the original contributors. And do not necessarily speak for the entire West Hills Friends community. Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful day. Scripture reading today comes from both the Gospel of Luke and from Matthew. This first story from Luke is um, kind of representational. Jesus is often portrayed as challenging the expectations around purity for the religious authorities of his time. When Jesus had finished speaking, a Pharisee invited him to eat with him. So Jesus went in and reclined at the Pharisee's table. But the Pharisee was surprised when he noticed that Jesus did not wash before the meal. Then the Lord said to him, Now then, you Pharisees, clean the outside of the cup and dish, but inside you are full of greed and wickedness. You foolish people, did not the one who made the outside make the inside also? But now as for what is inside you, be generous to the poor and everything will be clean for you. Woe to you, Pharisees, because you give God a tenth of your mint, rue, and all other kinds of garden herbs, but you neglect justice and the love of God. You should have practiced the latter without leaving the former undone. And in Matthew, Jesus says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. As a child, I was very disappointed in grapes. <laughs> grapes should have been awesome. <laughs> I came to this conclusion after drinking multiple cans of Shasta grape soda. <laughs> grape soda is dark and sweet. A glass of grape soda is like a precious gemstone that you can drink. It is liquefied, swirling purple irises from Vincent van Gogh. It is beautiful and delicious and good. An actual grape is nothing like this. <laughs> For some reason, all the grapes at my childhood Safeway were green. They were green. I didn't see a purple grape until I was in high school. All the grapes of my childhood were sour little bags of disappointment. <laughs> I didn't want real grapes. I wanted grape flavoring. <laughs> then, one day, one amazing day, I saw a new flavor, 
of Shasta soda. This flavor came in a brown can like root beer or cream soda. And by the way, a glass of cream soda is way more delicious than a glass of cream. <laughs> Friends, this new flavor was called chocolate soda. Can you imagine my delight? Can you imagine my sense of anticipation? Grape soda is better than grapes. Cream soda is better than cream. How amazing will it be to drink chocolate soda? Based on my life experience as an eight-year-old, I expected it to taste better than chocolate. It was not better than chocolate. <laughs> chocolate soda is awful. I don't know if I can really explain it, but I need to try. Imagine you've made brownies from a recently expired box of ultra cheapo brownie mix. After making the brownies, there's still a little batter in the bowl. If you filled that bowl with soapy water and then poured it into a brown can, it would taste like chocolate soda. Let me put it another way. I would rather eat green grapes than chocolate soda. <laughs> the problem was bigger than Shasta. In my childhood, I came to know the heartbreak of false chocolate. It happened every candy-driven holiday. On Valentine's Day and Halloween and Easter, some of the chocolate was real, but some of it was false. Beneath the foil-covered heart or rabbit, some of the chocolate was false. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> As a child, I didn't know anything about the complexities of cocoa butter. I didn't know anything about partially hydrogenated vegetable oil, but I knew that some chocolate sat in my mouth like plaster of Paris. I knew that some chocolate tasted like sugar-coated dog fur. <laughs> and I knew real chocolate when I tasted it. In 1877, the Quaker Oats Company adopted William Penn as their mascot. This came as a surprise to actual Quakers of the time who didn't know that William Penn was up for adoption. <laughs> 19th century Quakers were familiar with the image of William Penn. Starting around 1820, friend William kept appearing in paintings of the peaceable kingdom. It happened over 60 times. You can see him there in the background holding a treaty in one hand. On the box of Quaker oats, William Penn was again depicted holding a scroll of parchment in one hand, but this time the scroll is emblazoned with a single word, pure. There is a, a facsimile of this on the cover of your bulletin. 
Above the name of our meeting is the venerated hand of William Penn. I stole him back from Quaker Oats. <laughs> you can see he holds a proclamation of purity. This word has become problematic. We've come to think of purity in a very binary way. That is, we've come to imagine there are only two possibilities. There is a rare and precious condition called pure. And everything else is impure. Within the binary model of purity, purity is easily lost. It only takes a speck to ruin everything. It only takes a moat, one little drop of ink in a gallon of pure water changes everything. If there is a single blemish, then our subject is categorically impure. Those who operate within a binary model of purity are always on the defensive. These are the people who tell their children you're like a stick of gum. This is a real thing. People tell their children, you are like a stick of gum. Once you are taken out of your wrapper and put in someone's mouth, no one else will want you. It was a binary model of purity that got us kicked out of Northwest Yearly Meeting. We weren't expelled because we thought a certain way. We were expelled because our way of thinking was seen as a threat to the purity of others. People in our former yearly meeting feared guilt by association. Being connected to us was the speck that threatened their purity. A binary model of purity always drives us towards separation. If you operate within this model, you have to separate. You have to denounce. You have to build a wall. You can see this play out in the church. And you can see it play out with social progressives who disown each other on Facebook for lack of ideological purity. Purity culture is poisonous. We need a new way of thinking about purity. Soren Kierkegaard said, purity of heart is to will one thing. It's a pretty clever thing to say. If you desire a lot of different things, then your heart is divided. Part of you wants Thai food. Part of you wants a kitten. Part of you wants to overthrow the imperialist, white supremacist, capitalist patriarchy. As all those different desires tug your heart in different directions, you might long for the purity of a heart that wills one thing. I suppose. But we are complicated. Of course we want more than one thing. We want to be around friends and we want to be alone. We want good health and we want the donuts. We want all the donuts. <laughs> we want to fight like heroes and we want all the fighting to stop. 
our heart is a tangle of contradictions. That tangle is real. The only way we can show up with our whole hearts is to show up as a jumble of conflicting desires. That is what's real. I think when we show up with our whole selves, we are pure. The cover of your bulletin says, pure West Hills friends. That doesn't mean that we've strained out every speck of impurity. That doesn't mean that we have erased every smudge. We are pure West Hills friends when we are messy and funny and heartbroken and tired and hopeful and skeptical and all the things. Instead of narrowing ourselves, we are pure West Hills friends when we make room for everyone. This kind of pure requires more room and not less. To be truly yourself is to be your pure self. To be truly chocolate is to be pure chocolate. To be truly gold is to be pure gold. To be truly yourself is to be your pure self. Jesus said, blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. If you want to see God, be your real self. Pay attention to what is really happening in your life. Show up where you are most truly yourself. Purity isn't a narrow space at one end of the bell curve. Purity is where you show up as your true self. Purity is not as flimsy or as fragile as some people imagine. You don't have to spend all your energy on defense. Purity is more robust than that. Purity can go exploring. Purity can have adventures and be creative. Purity can eat with the outcasts and drink grape soda with eight-year-olds. If you want to see God, be real. What is the most real thing in your life right now? What part of you needs to really show up for you to be your true self? Where do you see God?